Welcome to Seven Mile Ministry. We hope you enjoy this message. It's fine. I can use this. It's no problem. How's everybody doing? Good deal. I guess everybody's heard by now. We've seen um, Iran was dumb enough to retaliate, or not retaliate, but to do something else, you know? But... Uh, I don't know if anybody watches Perry Stone or pays attention to him. He put something out immediately after they bombed our embassy and, you know, President Trump took out that, that terrorist. And um, I have a lot of confidence in Perry Stone. I mean, he's a lot smarter than I am in, in these things. And, and he said it's never in his life after he studied everything has he ever seen the chess pieces ever been put together like this before. That Jesus is fixing, you know, fixing to return. You know, he's never, he never thought he'd see these these things either. Um, I mean, it's it's entirely possible because I don't know much about what the Bible speaks about Gog and Magog, but what they're saying is this: Iran, Russia, and some of these other countries. This could be the final the final shebang before Jesus returns, and um, I know I'm ready to go. I hope every, I know everybody else is ready to go. But there's a vast majority on the earth that's not ready. But they best get ready quickly. I, th- I think Jesus is really, I think it's possible. We're going to see it. We're going to see it here in our lifetime. But um, we'll just open with prayer. And we'll get right in here to the word. So, Father, we thank you that you are a good God. And that your word is forever settled in heaven. Lord, we thank you that Jesus shed his blood for us. Our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And Lord, we have a hope and a future in Christ Jesus. And we ask you to lead us by your spirit tonight. We pray that any question that people may have, direction, wisdom that's needed comes tonight from you to the heart of every person that that believes that they receive from you. In Jesus' name. Amen. We got three openings, and they're going to be about, uh, they may be kind of lengthy, but after we get through reading them, we'll just jump in and tie it all together as the Lord leads. Uh, So first off, if you have your Bible, you could open to Hebrews, the first chapter. And if you want to put your thumb in Ephesians, the sixth chapter, and then Acts chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 1, Ephesians 6, and then Acts chapter 2. And we're going to start in Hebrews and then work our way backwards. Hebrews 1, Ephesians 6, and then Acts chapter 2. And this is going to be the the longest reading, what we have right here. But it's necessary, so just bear with me. We're going to read the whole first chapter there of, of Hebrews. It says, God, who at sundry times, or in various times, and in diverse manners, spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken spoken unto us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power, When he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels, 
as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. For unto which of the angels has he said at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And again I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again when he brings in the first begotten into the world and said, And let all the angels of God worship him. And of the angels he may... He saith, who makes his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. But unto the Son, he said, thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. You have loved righteousness, hated iniquity. Therefore, God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. And thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They shall perish, but you remain. They shall wax old as doeth a garment, as a vesture. Shalt thou fold them up. They shall be changed, but thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. But to which of the angels said he at any time, Sit down on my right hand till I make thine enemies your footstool? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Now, in this first chapter right here, there's mentioned, there's, it's actually, the word is used, and then there's some uh, pronouns used to mention angels. Eight times, angels are referenced right here in this first chapter of Hebrews, eight times, the word or the term angels, or a Hebrew now, meaning they or he, and at one time they, he calls them ministering spirits. They're mentioned. That's a lot for one chapter to make reference, you know. Now, we don't uh, worship angels. We know we don't do that. We don't seek after angels. It's very foolish to do that. But right on the other hand, it is very foolish to ignore them or to ignore that they're not real or to ignore who they are in the Word of God. Because they, they play a big old role in the plan and in the scheme of God. And right here, it says in this, this latter part, the 14th verse, it says, Are they, talking about angels, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them, not minister to them, even though ministering to them uh, includes that, but it says minister for them who should be heirs of salvation. We're, we're, we're heirs of salvation. And you could go back to uh, the Old Testament and you could see the angelic work all through the Old Testament and then the New Testament, even with Jesus himself. You know, the Bible says that uh, when he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, at the end of that fast, it says that angels came and ministered unto him. And then he even told, you know, uh, when he called the first disciples, you know, he said, from here on out, you're going to see the angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. They could see them. And if Jesus said, you're going to watch it happen, then they saw it happen. And then, you know, in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus was um, bleeding through his skin, the pores of his skin, sweat and blood, the Bible says that an angel came unto him and strengthened him, gave him strength so that he could, you know, stand up and and get get to moving and going, you know, for the plan of God. And, And, of course, if Jesus ever needs the help of angels, What makes us think that we're exempt? And I know folks would say, well, you know what? Under the old covenant, angels had to come, but that that was before, you know, blood was, Jesus' blood was shed. Well, I, I know that, but see, we're under the new covenant. 
How much more should angelic work be going on in our lives under the new covenant than in the old? How much more should they be in operation? It should be. It should be. And it is. And go back through the book of Acts and you're going to find out, you know, when uh, Peter was in prison. The Bible says he was asleep because he's fixing to get his head cut off the next day. And uh, an angel came. The Bible says smote him in his side. In other words, kicked him in the ribs to wake him up because he was so sound asleep. Now, could you sleep being on death row the night before? I mean, could any of us? Now, I know, you know, I mean, really, and, and it ain't like today in America. I mean, and I'm not being ugly, but, I mean, lethal injection. I mean, they were cutting your head off. And I can guarantee you, it probably wouldn't one perfectly clean swipe, you know. I mean, we see in the movies, maybe it was. Probably not. There's a lot of torture going on in those days. Could you sleep knowing that you're fixing to, to go through that? He was so sound asleep that an angel had to smote him in his side to wake him up. That's how confident Peter was in God. You can, we can come to that spot where you get so confident. Your trust is so much in Jesus that you can sleep through absolutely anything. And the Bible does say he gives his beloved sleep. So, I mean, an angel had, to, had appeared to him, kicked him in his side, told him to wake up. The chains fell off of him and told him, you know, to gird yourself, put your clothes on, you know, put your, put your shoes on. And the Bible said, let him out of prison. Prison doors open, let him out of prison, let him all the way out of the city and open the gates, by, the gates open by themselves. And, and the Bible says Peter still thought he was dreaming until he finally got outside the city and realized this is not a dream, this is a reality. So angels came, loosed the bands, opened prison doors for Peter. Now, we all know, yes, yeah, the power of the Holy Ghost and the Holy, you know, obviously we know that, but the angels take their orders from the Spirit of God. I mean, they, they take their orders from Him. And I thoroughly, you know, thoroughly believe, I mean, 100% that we're living in a time, like we say, like no other. Yes, we believe Jesus is fixing to return, but... Before his return, the things that are going on, I, I believe there's going to be a whole lot more of this activity go on than what the church has ever seen before. Um, it, to me, sometimes it is puzzling or flabbergasting to talk to Christians and they hardly even acknowledge or even believe that there's an actual spirit world. If you said something like this to certain Christians... I'm not being ugly. They would look at you like you have lost your mind. Is this really true? Is this really so? Are there really, I mean, angels around? Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's angels around. The Bible tells us that uh, each person has one angel that goes around with you personally. Because Jesus said, suffer the little children that come unto me, forbid them not, why? But he said, their angel's face is ever, ever before my father. Well, we don't lose our angel because we grow up. You still have your angel. And when you step out of your body, the Lord tarries. You step out of your body. The first person you see is the angel that's been with you since the time you've been born. You know, 
And he's going to go with you, escort you in on into heaven. But uh, people, sometimes it, it shocks me that they, they hardly believe that there's a spirit world. They hardly believe, you know, that they hardly believe really that there's a real devil. I mean, you talk to some folks, you say, you mention the word Satan or demons or evil spirits, you know, sometimes I mean, they'll look at you like, are you, are you serious? And you've got to be careful talking to folks, uh, even, even Christians, because sometimes they don't believe the same way you do. And Jesus even uh, made reference. He said, you know, listen, don't cast your pearls before swine. And sometimes you've got to be careful who you talk to Christians or who, what you talk about with other Christians because uh, you could take a bag of diamonds and throw it into a pig pen and they're going to treat that bag of, bag of diamonds the same way they're going to treat that mud. They have no more respect or honor, to, honor towards those diamonds than they do a pig pen. That's what Jesus is talking about. When you cast pearls before swine, sometimes you can talk to people about spiritual things. They have absolutely no respect for it because they don't revere it at all. And you're wasting your time. And they'll even discourage you. So it's, uh, a lot of times it's best to find somebody that believes the same way you do before you, before you talk about those things, you know. But... Um, like a friend of mine the other day was telling me, uh, actually, he, he told me today, he said, you know, I hadn't really told this story many times to, to people, but something about uh, heaven come up and, you know, something about, and everybody's talking about now, you know, I mean, the rapture could take place any time, and yes, we know that it could. Thank God for it. And, and people are saying, man, I'm ready to roll. And, and one fellow said, I, I am very ready. He said, I'm so ready. He said, I... Uh, you know, I, I'm real reluctant about talking about this or telling folks this, but he said there was one time, you know, I went through surgery. And I never told anybody, or he, he may have told one or two other people, but he said I went through surgery. And he said, um, you know, I, I wasn't coming out of it. And he said a machine, you know, how they, they got you hooked up to everything. And, you know, and, you know, they put you to sleep so everybody understands surgery. And so the chances are, I mean, there is a chance that you don't come out you know, when they put you to sleep because they're putting you to sleep, you know. And he wasn't coming out. And he said, all I can tell you is I have never in my life ever felt, I could feel peace beyond anything. I, he said, I can't even describe what it was like. But I could hear the doctor saying, Mr. So-and-so, get up, get up, you know, shaking, shaking, get up. And he said, I remember coming up and saying, I want to go back. I want to go back. And they kept shaking, telling him, get up, get up, get up, wake up, trying to get him, you know, revived to get come out of it. And he would say, I want, uh-uh, I want to go back. And he said, I want to go back. He said, so I'm, I'm, I'm telling you right now, he said, I'm ready for the rapture because that's the feeling that I've never felt in my entire life. He said, I didn't see anything with my eyes, but the peace and the tranquility is beyond human description, beyond it. Now, he can go tell that to some other person, and they would look at you like you're an idiot. Now, my mother, I mean, most people over here know, you know, she, it'll be three years coming up in, in August the 5th. And we got some family members, and, you know, and, and around here in Gardendale area, I mean, most people are saved, you know, churchgoers. And uh, some of my family members, I, I'd see them and talk to them. And you know, they're like, man, we're so sorry. And, of course, you know, obviously you're emotional a little bit because, I mean, 
I mean, you go through stuff. You don't want to go through it, but you have to. It's part of life. But thank God God's with you, and he helps you get through it. But uh, they sat there. Lord, I sure hope they ain't, ain't going to be listening to this. <laughs> but uh, they sat there, looked me in my eyes, and literally were talking to me that, that you'll never see her again. You'll never be able to get past this again. It's, you know what, the only thing you can do is hold to memories and hang on to them as tight as you can. Now, a lot of times, I'm very, very passive and laid back. Every once in a while, every blue moon, sometimes, you know, it's few and far between, sometimes I open my mouth and speak up. There's been times where I said, no, you know, that's not what the Bible says. Because it's not what the Bible says. Now, I do have some memories, but listen, the greatest days are in the future. You know, and I, 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 I mean, I knew if I said something to them, like really got in deep with it, it would be like taking a rubber ball and hit it through a brick wall. But these people are supposedly Christian. They're my family. Christians. They know how we believe. But they're acting as if there is no heaven. They act as if there is no spirit realm. It's more real than this natural realm. Now, if an angel appeared right now, I mean, it, really, what happens if, if God permitted us to see into the spirit world, which what that means is he speeds up our eyesight because they move by the speed of light. Our eyesight is sped up by the, by the power of the Lord, and you saw them. They would be just as solid and firm. You would not see a ghost where you can see uh, through them and see all the stuff behind them. They're just as solid and just as firm and just as real as I am, as we are right here. And they're just as, they're, however many people are in here, that, there's that many angels in this room right now, you know. And, you know, when you talk about these things, sometimes where the Bible says, signs follow the word, you start talking about preaching the word on certain things like this. Well, the Bible says signs follow the word, you know. That's, you know, you preach on the Holy Spirit, you know, people respond. You preach on, you know, salvation, people respond, things like that. Well, and we're, we, we ain't even going to get close to where we're going to head to tonight. It's not going to happen. <laughs> anyway, next month, we'll pick up maybe. But there is a way we're going to find out in the Word of God. Actually, we'll go to Acts 2 real quickly first. Acts 2, and then to Ephesians Acts chapter 2. And we're just going to read one verse, really. Or two verses. 17th and the 18th verses. Acts chapter 2, verse 17 and 18. And this is on the day of Pentecost. And everybody knows this the things that happened prior to it. And then Peter stood up and he says, it shall come to pass in the last days that I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I'll pour out my spirit in those days, 
and they shall prophesy. Well, I, I really, I believe too wholeheartedly that we're, we're on the time where the young, young men and the old men, and when the Bible says men, he means women too. This is, he's not meaning male and female. That, that the church today, that it is, we're, we're about to embark on the area where a great deal of dreams and visions are going to come to pass in the body of Christ, in the church. I, mean, I, I thoroughly believe that. I mean, I, I don't know why. I don't know why. I, mean, I can remember years ago, I, I always used to think, I always believed there was going to be a bust out of the supernatural right before Jesus comes back. You know what I mean? Just the, the abnormal things just taking place because it's the last call. I mean, he wants everybody in. That's another thing. He's not trying to keep nobody out. He's wanting everybody in, you know. And you understand, I mean, if, if anybody has a dream or vision, you always have to judge it by the Word of God because Satan can give dreams. He can give visions. Satan gives a lot of dreams. He gives a lot of mental visions. You know, a lot, what, you know what I'm talking about, a lot of mental visions where you can play a broken record over and over again, and we're not going to get into that right now, but we're talking about these dreams and these visions. We're talking about, I'm not talking about a dream like, uh, like you know, somebody's, a kid says, oh, I, I have a dream I'm going to be the Heisman Trophy winner when I get older. We're not talking about stuff like that. We're talking about real dreams when you go to sleep in the nighttime. What we're talking about, dreams from the Spirit of God, real dreams from Him. Real visions. And there's, there's all different types of visions. You know, there's open visions. There's falling into a trance. There's seeing things in the spirit. But real visions, real dreams coming from God. And, um, you know, just certain little things that's just happened. You know, I, I shared a little bit about it. Little, little bitty things that's happened, you know, here and there. But I've only had... I've only had two dreams that I think was from the Lord in, in all my 42 years, you know. And, uh, and I'm, I don't know what you, if I'm, I'm not a skeptic, but I'm very, I'm very careful, I think, before I ever say anything, you know, or ever so. That was definitely from God. I mean, I've missed it. You've missed it. We've all missed it. But uh, that I know of, I've only had two dreams that I could say was actually from the Lord. But I have had a few things happen, you know, in this past year. That, uh, that I knew was God 100%. And I'd, I woke up, I'd wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning. Just my eyes would come open and I'd, I'd look at the phone and it would be 3 o'clock. And sometimes it'd be 3.01 or 3.05 or something like that. But it was always that, that little 3 o'clock action. Always. And I'd start to pray, you know, silent, silently to myself. I'd, I'd drift off back to sleep. But a few times... I'd hear somebody walking through the house. I'm talking about footsteps like somebody's coming down the hall. And I remember waking up and looking. And I, I would like, wake up because what happens now is we put Susanna to bed. And then sometimes in the middle of the night, the door comes wide open. And you hear pitter-patter run into your bedroom and then she jumps in the bed. This wasn't pitter-patter. This was... And then stopping and shuffling. Well, I woke up. I could hear it just as plain as day. I woke up and was waiting. Never had a fear. Never had a concern. I knew inside my heart, I knew I could, I mean, the Lord was telling me, it's an angel. Just 
relax. It's an angel. I, just as plain as day, somebody walking. Well, the next day, and I'm real reluctant about ever saying anything to Kelly about stuff like this. But I said, you know, last night, I, she said, I heard footsteps. She finished my sentence. She said, I heard him walking. I said, yeah, I did too. I could hear footsteps. Now, that's not peculiar to just me because do y'all remember it was one Sunday I was talking about that? You remember that? Okay, the next, the next day, my daddy called me. He said, you know, I, I wasn't going to say nothing to anybody. Cause, and, of course, you know, he's more shy about these things than I am. If he says something, I mean, most people would say, yeah, it definitely happened. They maybe think, suspect of me. But he said, and, you know, daddy wears hearing aids. And if he takes his hearing aids out, if you walk into his house, you have to really holler because, you know, cause, and he, just, he wouldn't be able to hear if he's, if he's far back in his house. So at nighttime, you know, he takes them out. But he said, I've been waking up. I can hear someone coming through the house, rustling through it. He said, it was so loud one night, I grabbed the pistol and was walking all through the house trying to find and he said, it dawned on me, too. He said, I knew it wouldn't. He calls demons spooks. I knew it wouldn't. He spooks. He said, it dawned on me. These are angels walking through the house. He said, so I just went, by, went back to bed. But it was so loud that he, grabbed, he, he had the gun going through. And he said, and I don't have my hearing aid. So, you know, if you don't have your hearing and he's not being funny. He's being serious. So I'm like, this is how loud it is. Well, I can remember, too, several times. This was 20 years ago, 25 years ago. Mother used to tell me she would hear them walking through and would catch glimpses of somebody walking past the hallway in the house. And, like I said, it's foolish to seek, after, to, seek to see one, but it is just as foolish to ignore the reality. Y'all follow me? Very foolish to ignore the reality. Because, let's face it, if it wasn't for angels, he'd be dead. <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> Amen times 20. I mean, that's, that's the truth. Well, we all would be. I mean, there are things that has happened, and I don't understand why some things happen in life, and, but they all, every one of us, by the mercy and the grace of God, has been veered off from things, you know, by angels helping, by angels keeping things away. But, I, I mean, I believe, and we're talking about doors opening. I, well, yes, I believe they're going to open doors for us, but I believe that they're, the doors that's wanting to become open more than anything is for people to get their self saved quickly because there's not much time. You know, it's, 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 right, it's past the two-minute warning. Past the two-minute warning. And if, if Russia gets involved in this stuff, it, this really may be the last, the last bell. I mean, if, he does get, if Russia does get involved. But I'm going to read one more thing real quickly. And we don't have time God, to read all this. I wish we did. We're just hitting the cliff. Didn't even get into the, anything, the sixth chapter of Ephesians. The tw for the sake of time, the 11th verse, he says, Put on the whole armor of God, 
that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now that, that is full proof, one, just one verse, full proof of saying the, the trouble that people face, that the church faces, that anybody faces, it, it isn't flesh and blood. Now, yeah, granted you get in scuffs and stuff with people, but the obstacles that we face, the problems are backed by Satan. Satan is a thief. He's out to steal kill and to destroy he is a mastermind and paul said we're not wrestling against flesh and blood it is against demons and evil spirits and if you go back and do a word study on how he uh says principalities powers rulers against darks of this world he's t- these are ranks like in an army like we would say the colonels the generals sergeants and so forth um low level devils are the ones that uh, try to haunt a house, make the lights come on and off, spook people. Those are low-level devils that you stomp your foot in the name of Jesus. They all have to flee, but you stomp your foot, they run like whip pups. The principalities. Now, it, this is another thing that shocks me. If you can't see principalities at work, the people hating, the people in the higher-ups hating President Trump. There's, what, here's a question. Why do they hate him? Does anybody have any idea why? They, do they even know why they hate him? They have no idea why they hate him. And somebody brought this up to me the other day, and I thought, wow. It almost reminds them, why did people hate Jesus? What was the real? They had no reason. None, zero, zilch, not a clue. I'm not comparing Donald Trump to Jesus. I'm comparing the spiritual wickedness is what I'm comparing. They had no reason to hate him. It was backed by Satan. Satan hated him, but he convinced the people. They had no reason. He would have raised all their children from the dead, healed everybody around, and made them prosperous. I mean, that's his nature. They hated him. Why do they hate President Trump? The choice demons, the big dogs, they're the ones that are after government. Because if you can control government, you can control the earth. Demons and evil spirits, they are disembodied spirits. They have their widest expression with a human. Widest range of expression on this earth is with a human. To control the earth, they have to get to humans. You know, that's what they're after. But, and it's obvious, you can see that. But now, skip on down here to the, to the 18th verse, because like I said, I'm, my apologies for having to fly through this. But he says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Now, I, I believe it's, it is utmost importance for all Christians, but now more than ever, for people to learn and to pray in the Spirit and to take the time to do it. Because there's something about praying 
in the Spirit. You know, as the Bible says, as the Spirit of God gives utterance, you know, pray or what we'd say how to pray in other tongues, you know, being led by the Spirit. There's something about that that will loose the bands, open the doors that nothing else will. There's something about taking the time to do that that will. You know, the Bible says this is the rest. And Isaiah, this is the rest where the weary will rest. You know, I can tell you from experience. And I'm not talking about rattling off a few words in tongues for one or two minutes. I'm talking about taking the time. I mean, all day long sometimes. It'll pacify your troubled heart. It'll pacify, when I said your troubled heart, your troubled spirit, it'll pacify your troubled spirit, you know. But because he said, this is the rest wherewith the weary will rest. But this is also, it says, the refreshing. And then in, in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 14th chapter, he says, you know, he that prayeth in an unknown, t- unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God. No man understandeth him. Howbeit, he says, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. Or he speaks divine secrets unto God, but mysteries. The mystery is on our part, not on God's part. But mysteries of his plan, his purpose, his, his will. See, one thing that praying in other tongues does, it takes the selfishness out of all prayer. Now, when, uh, and this is another one, I mean, it was the Lord, I say, hit me right between the eyes. He gently didn't do it. But you see, when mother, right there, it was that Friday, actually a few days before, I probably prayed in the Spirit, and, and this was probably the, when I say the most battling I've ever done, I'm talking about I was battling, you know, I'm talking about gritting the hands and fists, praying. And I probably prayed in other tongues. If I, I couldn't put a, an hourly time limit on it. But... For those that, that do do it, if you know by experience, if you spend if you spend just two hours doing it through the day, you can tell a difference. You spend all day long, you you will become very aware of spirit of spirit of the spirit. And you and the natural things, I can't explain it unless you've been there. But and most of you in here have all been there. You all know know what I'm talking about. But you start doing that two days in a row, and then all through the night, you know, you're waking up because I remember, see, it was on a Friday about 12 or 1 o'clock. Uh, Daddy called, and he said, the doctor just said, he, the doctor came out and said, Mr. Nation, her heart stopped. And they didn't expect that at all. And he said, do what? He goes, oh, no, 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 she's fine now. She's fine. But uh, she said, when her heart stopped, he said, I, I grabbed the, what those things they call, they put them in your mouth, you know, the breathing thing. And see, she was to the point there where, where she was not talking very much. But he said, she, she looked up at me, pointing her finger, and she, when he did that, said, very mean, stern, do not put that in me to the doctor. He said, well, I went ahead and did. And he said, she's fine. And he said, okay. So from that point, when she told him, do not put, she's already been. Just like my buddy was telling his, those doctors, don't, don't wait, let me go. And this fellow's not 
even close to age to go. And he said, don't, uh -uh, leave me be, I'm ready to go. Well, I knew then, or I say I knew then, the Lord was, because I already been praying in other tongues for quite a while. And when you do that, a lot of times the answer you get is not what you're expecting. Because the Bible does say in Isaiah, you plead with him, but he'll also plead with you. A lot of times we only plead our case. And we don't want to hear his side of it because we don't want to hear what he's got to say because we're kind of nervous about the next answer, you know. Well, he was pleading his case too. And I, I, I knew it and I could feel it. And I could also feel, oh, com it's going to be tough to compete with that. You know what I mean? Uh, because it doesn't matter how much she loves us and don't matter how much you love your family or your friends or anybody. Once you get a glimpse of heaven, you do not love your family that much. I know that sounds rude and unkind, but that's the truth. You do not love your family enough if you ever stepped over into it and had the fullness of him in heaven because you have no regret. There's no Regret is not even a word. It's not even a word up there. You don't love your family that much. You're like, I'll see y'all later. <laughs> you know, hey, I know you're coming, so I'll see you. Well, so I pray, I was praying long and hard, and boy, and then I really doubled down, you know, and I was trying pretty hard. But he was telling me the whole time, she's not staying with y'all I mean he was trying to tell me the whole time so and sometimes I get pictures I don't get words I get pictures and I mean I'm praying up a storm and then I see myself at her funeral service and I mean I was rebuking the devil <laughs> you know? and it was him it was the Lord saying no I'm gonna she's staying with me she's not she's not coming back and it was her choice it was. I mean, I'm not being ugly or unkind. It was. And then I fast forward that. I told you, you know, uh, six months later, out of the blue, you know, Daddy walked in the house and he said, uh, like a man standing beside him, he said, but it came up out of his spirit. It didn't, he said, but I, it was a, vo a male voice said, Paulette wanted to stay with me, just plain as day. She chose that. I did not agree with her choice. At all. <laughs> but praying in the Spirit does take the selfishness out of the situation. That's what I was getting to. It takes the selfishness out of the situation. You understand what I'm saying? And a lot of times when we, we pray about a situation and, and through, from our mind, we think a lot of times we know the right we, what needs to happen. Lord, I want so-and-so to just hit rock bottom, then they're going to get saved. What makes you think rock bottom's going to save them? Maybe God knows something different about how they're going to get saved. You, know, you, you follow me? So you don't want to necessarily pray somebody loses everything they got. You know. But praying in the Spirit takes selfishness out of a situation. And that was a hard thing to do. I ain't going to lie to you. I mean, it was something we had to accept, which we did have to. We, you know, had to accept it. But when we did, you, now... The term peace that does pass all understanding there. Now, granted, the Lord came in the room and it was something else, you know. But nevertheless, I believe, particularly in this day we're, we're in, 
also, what I'm getting up to, I believe it's the ones that do give themselves over to praying in the Spirit is where these things happen, would happen more often. The dreams and the visions, the, uh, the working of angels on your behalf, on your loved ones, and then those who aren't saved, you know, to help them. But I do believe that too. The people that give themselves over to it, that take the time to do it, praying in other tongues, that's where these things would prominently take place. You know, or come to pass where you'd get visions, and it's and you know what? I'm good with not having a vision. I I'm not. You know what I mean? I'm not seeking one. But it'll put yourself in a position, a greater position, sometimes, for God to use you. It's kind of like uh, you can't make the Spirit of God manifest Himself in a service. You just can't do it. But you can keep yourself in a position that if He wants to, He can. You know what I'm talking about? Keep yourself in that position that if he wants to, he can. But you can't just walk in there and push a button or pull a lever and make him do something. But we just maintain ourselves in, in that position. And, uh, and I do. I think it's critical. And these, you know, 2020, I, I think this is going to be the wildest year we've ever seen in our entire life you know, on every aspect. I mean, listen. I can't wait till November. If, if Jesus tarries, I mean, really, I can't. There ain't no telling what's going to happen. Because you can't talk about end times without talking about world leaders. I mean, and thank God, I am so glad. I mean, we do. We've got a president that will literally stand up and say, Jesus Christ is God's gift to the world once and for all. That's amazing. I mean... Absolutely amazing. I mean, who would have thought that we'd ever seen see that? Who literally would have thought that we'd ever ever have seen anything like that? Because you know what? Well, we don't want we want to be bipartisan. We want we want to include everybody. Yeah, we want to include everybody. But there's only one way. I mean, Buddha just didn't do it. And God have mercy on Oprah. She was a Christian. I don't know what what angle she took, but God have mercy on her for telling everybody there's many ways. There's not. There's one. Only one. And the rest is going to be destruction. But anyway, Lord, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord. We're asking you to just uh, encourage each and every one of us. Let this roll around the inside of us. Help us unveil the truth of your word to us. Lord, we just pray that your purpose and your plan will come into full fruition in this country, in this nation. Your hands upon Donald Trump, keeping him safe, our troops safe. Your angels are at work around President Trump and our our military. We plead the blood of Jesus over the country, over him, over his family, over these next elections. And we thank you that you're good to us. You protect us. You prosper us. You lead us and you guide us in all of our ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you here on Sunday. Thank you for listening to this message from Seven Mile Ministry. 